What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. This is Clark. And Bobby Jean. So glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Hope you're having a good Wednesday. Clark and I are here to talk about Romans chapter 4. And... Um, super good, really dense. Um, and so if you're having a tough time understanding, I'm just proud of you for reading Romans chapter four. Yeah, way to go. It's, it's just such a gift. And then today, hopefully, as we kind of walk through uh, what lifted for us, uh, maybe we can bring some clarity to you as well. Mm-hmm. What I appreciate about Romans is that Romans is oftentimes regarded as a theological compass. So you have the gospels, you have other um, New Testament writings, but Romans is a dense theological writing. I mean, they're all theological, but Paul really lines up um, theology clearly and succinctly in ways that the other books often don't because they're written with a different purpose. For instance, the Mm -hmm. Gospels were written as a letter to a group of people. Paul's letters were written to churches oftentimes addressing specific situations Mm -hmm. at the time, you know, sexual immorality, are you recanting your faith, these kind of things. Romans goes through from creation, fall, Jesus Christ coming, him coming again, and Mm -hmm. breaks down really a lot of the Old Testament intersecting with the New Testament. And so uh, chapter four today is about Abraham's obedience by faith. And then chapter five, uh, which will be tomorrow, is all about Jesus Christ's obedience and faith. And so I want to sum this up and give you this umbrella question, okay? Uh, We get asked this often, uh, just a young mom and her kids asked me this a couple months ago, and it's this, how were people saved before Jesus? Yeah. Like what happened what happened to Noah if they didn't know Jesus right, and, and Abraham, Abraham. Mm-hmm. because when you read when you read this it talks about how Abraham was given his righteousness from God because of his faith. And mm-hmm. so when you ask the question how are people saved before Jesus, Bobby, how would we answer it? Mm-hmm. We would answer it by saying yeah, well, they had faith in Jesus. They had faith in Jesus. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's exactly it. Bobby, that's line, right. line, line. Number four. <laughs> Goodness, you People guys. were saved by Jesus Christ. And so Jesus' sacrifice accomplished salvation for people of all time at all points in, in world history. So, Bobby, you want to mm-hmm. read Romans 4, verses 3 through 8 in the, um, the NIV first. And then we're going to read it to you in the message just so you can kind of see what Paul's getting at here. Mm-hmm. Romans 4, it. verses 3 through 8. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now when a man works, his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the man who does not work but trusts God, who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. David says the same thing when he speaks of blessedness, of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose, sin, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. So that was the NIV. And now we're going to try to tra- translate that into normal English words for those of us who are still like, ah, what's he saying? I'm not un- understanding this. This is from uh, Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of the message. So how do we fit what we know of Abraham, our first father in the faith, into this new way of looking at things? If Abraham, by what he did for God, got God to approve him, he could certainly have taken credit for it. But the stories we're given in a God story are a God story, not an Abraham story. What we read in scripture is Abraham entered into what God was doing for him, and that was the turning point. 
He trusted God to set him right instead of trying to be right on his own. If you're a hard worker and do a good job, you deserve your pay. We don't call your wages a gift. But if you see that the job is too big for you, that it's something only God can do and you trust him to do it, you could never do it for yourself no matter how hard or how long you worked, well, that's trusting him to do it. Well, that trusting him to do it is what gets you set right with God, by God, a sheer gift. Yeah, so that's well said. I think in it, if you have an image in your mind of a light switch, sorry, not a light switch, a light dimmer. From the Old Testament time, people knew that there was a a Savior and a Messiah who's going to come. They didn't know the name Jesus, but they knew someone was going to come and defeat evil. And just like a light dimmer, when you go in a black room, it gets gradually and progressively brighter and brighter and brighter until Mm -hmm. it's fully on. That's what happens in the biblical story. It's called progressive revelation. And it's not mm-hmm. progressive in the sense of like progression church. The progressive church today thinks that the church of old was primitive and they didn't know what we know today. It's that God was progressively revealing himself throughout the Old Testament until Jesus Christ came and then that revelation was done. Mm-hmm. Like we know who God is. We know his name. We know what he teaches. We know what he cares about. We know that Jesus Christ gave it all. Mm-hmm. So if you think about the Old Testament covenants, you have Adam and after Adam and Eve fall, God made makes a covenant with humanity saying someday a savior is going to come and it's going to step on the head of the serpent and the serpent's going to strike his heel. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in our heads we know a savior is going to come, he's going to fight evil, defeat evil, but he's going to get struck and we know that Jesus dies on the cross. Yeah. When it turned the page to Abraham, we know that God makes a covenant and God's going to collect a, sep- a select group of people mm-hmm. to be his representation, to be the representation of the savior. Don't know his name yet, but there's a select group of people, and that's the Israelites. Turn the page to Moses. Now they're given the Ten Commandments. God makes a covenant with them. Here's how they're supposed to act. They're supposed to reflect God's heart and God's nature in this world. Turn the page to David. There's another covenant. You know, there's a lineage of this king, this savior, this Messiah. You know where he's going to come from, the the tribe of Judah. He's going to be born in Bethlehem, that Mm. kind of thing. So the author of Hebrews, verse chapter 10, gets at the Old Testament is a shadow. So if you go back yeah. to the light dimmer, you can't really see everything clearly, but you have an idea of what's to come. And it's not until Jesus Christ comes and he dies mm-hmm. that salvation is, in fact, secured for everybody of all time that had faith in Jesus. So mm-hmm. when you look at the Old Testament, it comes down to what did they know about God at that time? And did they trust God and believe in God with what they've been given? Mm-hmm. So did they believe that God was going to come step on the head of the snake? If they believe that, then by faith you know, they're saved. Mm-hmm. That's what, mm-hmm. that's what they're getting at. Right. right. And it wasn't, so like a, a key line there that we kind of talked about was that it was credited to Abraham as his righteousness. And so I like the way the message puts it that, um, oh, what is it? Abraham entered into what God was doing for him. And that was the turning point. He trusted God to set him right instead of trying to be right on his own. And so I think just an encouragement for me in in that verse was that, um, you know, these folks in the Old Testament, this isn't just in their own minds and brains thinking like, oh, guess what? We discovered a new revelation about for, God. For sure. Um, this was actually God. This was Yahweh revealing himself more and more and more, like Clark said. And so this really wasn't, um, you know, Abraham decoding a message and then way to go we're crediting you to righteousness no this was abraham responding to god's invitation god saying i'm going to make you a father of many nations i'm going to have you be my people you're going to be um you know have more descendants than descent and 
And then what's credited to Abraham is is his ability to say yes. And like this chapter in Romans is saying, and trust God yep. and trust what he was doing. And so really, we talked about the book of James too and how um, James helps us get more clarity on really how it's, it's not our yes that... Um, you know, is the saving nature of our relationship with God. It's not us. It's not our yes. It's what God has already done. And so um, what did you want to say anything about James? And with that, it talks about how genuine faith is seen through a life faithfully lived in the way of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So there are works. There are deeds. There are things that we are supposed to do in Mm -hmm. terms of following Jesus. Those don't get us faith. It's because of our faith we have fruit Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. comes in loving people, loving our neighbor, confessing our sins, these kind of things. Right. So the distinction is I'm living into this life not because I'm earning love, yep. but because I am loved, yep. then I'm living out of that love and now my life looks a different way. That's exactly it. G- genius. Amazing. Fantastic. And so <laughs> you wanted to bring up a conversation you had with a friend a while back? I did. What was that? We were talking about how like Abraham had some pretty <laughs> incredible moments with God. Oh, and right. Like, well, no duh, Sherlock. If I was with God and he came to me in a dream and a fiery angel, I think I'd believe in him too. Right. It's like, okay, so what do you do for us normal folk? Mm-hmm. Well, yep, yeah, that, that's jogging my memory. Thank you. And so this conversation with this person, they're somebody who loves the Lord a ton. And we were just, I was commenting on um, a person in today's day and age that was living a really... Um, I mean, I'll be honest, a really harmful lifestyle to themselves where they were making a lot of choices that were hurting themselves and they were hurting people around them, but that's how they wanted to live. And so then this person had an encounter with God and now their life looks completely different. And uh, their life looks like one that's submitted to um, to Jesus Christ and to what he's done on the cross on behalf of this person. And um, anyway, so this now... You know, this person is living and they're healthy and they have reconciliation in their relationships. And um, so the big distinction there is, you know, well, not everybody has this encounters with God. And um, and while that might be true, I just felt like I wanted to really press in and encourage you guys, just like Abraham and his encounter with the Lord is, God is at work and revealing himself every moment of every day. And you have had these encounters, I think. And so maybe you haven't had a dream or maybe you haven't had an audible word, but when you're having a verse stick out to you from the living written word of God, Mm -hmm. that's you encountering Holy Spirit. If you um, choose not to... um, not to indulge in a coping mechanism that's hurting you. I'm not going to have a drink tonight. That step, that line in the sand, that can be a discipline where you're encountering the power of the Holy Spirit helping you say no. Mm-hmm. When you have a, a word for someone of encouragement or blessing and you step in and speak that over them, that isn't you in your flesh. I'm sorry. That's not you. That's you partnering with the Holy Spirit saying, you know what? Let's do this. I'm going to speak a blessing over, you know, my 12-year-old, over my coworker. Those are not things that we do in the flesh. And so I just pray right now that our eyes and our hearts would be hearts would be enlightened and opened, that we would be able to participate like Abraham, like David, like Moses, um, like these Old Testament, New Testament writers. We'd participate with what the Holy Spirit's doing in our lives, and we would um, we would not take that as credit, and we would not take that for granted either. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, that's all we have for you from Romans 4. 
It's an incredible gift. It is dense. It's thick, but <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth wrestling with. So mm-hmm. as always, please share this. Talk to people uh, in your family, in your community, in your friend group, and say, hey, here's what I'm getting out of God's word. What are you getting out of God's word? Mm-hmm. And share it. It's, it's fantastic. So that's all we got. And if we didn't tell you earlier, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Love that's Advent. We're celebrating this time of year. God and, bless uh, you guys. Bless Get you. out Have of a here. great week. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. Have a great day.